Good morning, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Under the Perk. I was asked Wednesday morning to put a video out. Um, I can't do that on any other platform other than Spotify, so I've decided to record just the audio and put it out. So here it is, unedited. I begin tonight by announcing my resignation as the senior pastor of Golden Acres Baptist Church to be effective two weeks from today. My final day as the pastor of this church will be June the 15th, Wednesday, June the 15th, 2022. I'd like to take some time to offer explanation as to what could have possibly brought me to this point and this decision along with my bride, something we've agonized over. There are four or five things I wanna share. First, uh, some of you may not necessarily know what I'm talking about, but many of you might the much-discussed financial audit. Golden Acres Baptist Church bylaws require an annual financial audit of some type. To my knowledge, there are no records of a financial audit, internal or external, ever having been performed. An internal audit would be done by the people within our church, generally like the finance committee, an external audit is going to an outside accounting firm to come in and perform. I have experienced both in my 28 years as a pastor. Last July, in the face of concerns about financial procedures and policies that in part involved a dismissal of one of our staff members, I stated at that time that there needed to be an external audit performed by an accounting firm with no ties to Golden Acres Baptist Church. Soon after, I immediately began to experience resistance to that. At the beginning of this year, 2021, our finance team, our finance ministry team, researched it and voted unanimously to contract with an accounting firm out of Atlanta for a financial audit. I had no participation in the choosing of that firm. This was in part our effort that I described back on May the 1st in my message that day to have clear books and a clear financial base for future internal audits to be performed by our finance ministry team. The bylaws are intriguing. In one place, they mention annual internal audits. And in another place, they mention just audit and don't specify as to internal or external. One of the steps that I shared back on May the 1st that we should take relative to our expenses is an audit that would just get us a clear position on exactly where we are and where we're going. 
during the finance ministry team's work to find an accounting firm, we experienced increasing pressure against such because of the cost, is what we were told. For those in the finance world and in business, you understand that financial audits and impeccable books, in spite of the initial cost, ultimately can save an organization money. But for churches, the need for impeccable books is critical to our witness, our testimony, and quite frankly, to the IRS as a nonprofit organization. Nevertheless, I was told more than once that opposition to me was growing toward the financial audit. I could list off to you right now the names I've been called, the accusations toward me because of advancing that idea, but I want to give you my motives in two parts. And before I share these, know this, for those who may have chosen not to believe anything I say, nothing that I'll say will matter. But these are my motives. Number one, all I ever wanted is accuracy and facts to stand on. Every business, every organization, every church, every agency knows the, the wisdom of doing audits to make sure everything is just where it's supposed to be because over time, things can get out of order. I've been accused of using an audit to fire people. That is a lie. Nor is it something I've ever said to anyone. Never once have I said to someone, we need to have an audit so I can catch someone and fire them. But my, my question, if an audit is performed and something is found that is a fireable offense, would we not want to know that? Second motive, as a pastor, I'm the under-shepherd. This is where I've been called. Some apparently don't like it. Some do. This is where God called me. It is my calling to lead a church on truth in all matters. If I'm going to stand on records, I want to know that they're absolutely clear. And for those who have, who have said that I'm on a power trip and I'm using the audit to control, that will no longer be a problem. In fact, once I'm done, I exhort you to continue forward with that audit, and I'm no longer in the picture. Second part that kind of led to this decision for tonight, last Wednesday night, was a called deacons meeting, May the 25th. I was informed of the meeting, and I was encouraged not to attend in fact, multiple times I was asked not to attend by our deacon chair. I did attend. And at the meeting, there were printed out emails of people who have left GABC over the previous two and a half years. Those printed out emails, names redacted, were passed out and distributed and read. And many of those emails contained critical assessments of me related to my preaching saying that I didn't always preach from the Bible, saying that they could not connect with my preaching, my leadership. A number of those saying they did not like the direction of the leadership. These are people who have left Golden Acres. 
in the last two and a half years. And a number of them referred to me as arrogant in my preaching. One deacon in that meeting finally stood up and this is what he said. This is a witch hunt and it ought to stop. Referring to the witch hunt that he thought was toward me. That was last Wednesday. A third thing that has kind of brought us to this position. There was a called meeting last night at a church member's home at 7 p.m. I heard by the grapevine it was a prayer meeting. I love prayer meetings, but I was not invited. Speaking from someone who called me in a firsthand account, someone who attended the meeting and called me because they were brokenhearted. They told me that there were approximately 40 plus people at the meeting. After an opening prayer, this is what I was told. The general tone was simply displeasure about me. There were things said about the inaccuracy of my preaching, the fact that I always insist on being right, my lack of openness, my dictatorial way of leading, and apparently a report detailing how I destroyed my previous church. And I quote from this person who called me, the meeting was mostly about steps we could take to remove you. And the tone was angry. Most disappointing was the fact that a group of my staff attended that and shared complaints about me in ways that they had never sat down with me personally and shared. Number four, there is a called deacons meeting tonight after worship. I was invited to this one from an email from Micah Holland. I've not been told what this meeting's about, nor would I be. I've not been told what the topic is, though I know there are at least one or more non-deacons who know the topic, the pastor does not. If it is anything even remotely like last week's meeting that I was not invited to, which I attended, or last night's meeting I was not invited to, then I expect it is an opportunity to express more displeasure about me, about my preaching, about my leadership. At some point, I simply have to say, Lord, is this enough for me? Or not even for me, but for my family. And number five, a number of months ago, I was told by someone that a staff member had accused me of just wanting power. You know, if I, if I just wanted power, if that was my goal, that was never, I was never accused of that in 14 years at my previous church or three years in the church before that or seven years in the church I planted. That's just never been something in 28 years I've been accused of. Well, the power-hungry accusation can be put to rest. June 15th. I am in my 28th, going into my 29th year as a pastor, I have never been dismissed. I have never resigned and forced out, nor have I ever had staff who wanted me dismissed. All of this is a first for me. Any one of the five things I've just mentioned by themselves may not have brought me here tonight, but I've spent so much time addressing, emailing, texting, and meeting with people about these matters. 
it appears to me that there is a significant group who simply dislike me, dislike my preaching, my leadership, and my pastoring. The collective matters that I just shared simply have brought my bride and I to this point to several groups. One, to the pastor search team that first approached me and brought me here. I'm deeply grateful. I've had the opportunity to preach from this pulpit for just over three years. We have seen souls saved, marriages rescued, lives changed, and ministry happen. To those who have spoken to me about how much you have learned, grown in the scriptures, and increased in a desire for scripture, God bless you. Keep studying. To those who have been so helpful, supportive, and encouraging to me, to my family, God bless you. To our many new members and families who have come here over the previous three years, and particularly many of those over the last six to seven months, God bless you. For those who are kind of new to Golden Acres, just know this is a bump in the road, but you will continue to worship, you will continue to serve, and you will continue to grow in the Lord if you keep your focus daily on him. I don't know what we do next as a family. I'm not sure. After June the 15th, I'm, I'm not absolutely certain what that looks like. But here are three things I'm sure of. I'm sure, first of all, of as Hannah prayed, we will believe. 1 Samuel 2.8, he raises the poor from the dust. He lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with nobles and inherit a seat of honor. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's. And he set the world on them. I'm also sure of this. As David sang, so we will stand. Psalm 25, verses 4 through 5. Show me your ways, Lord. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are my God and my Savior. And my hope is in you all day long. And I'm sure of this ahead. Whatever happens, I'm sure of this. As Paul commanded, so will I do somewhere. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desire, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. God, I come to you tonight, Father. Got the white mic. Is that better? Can you hear me? I come to you tonight, Father. There's not many times that I've prayed when I don't know what to pray. God, tonight might be one of those nights. I feel for our pastor, for his family. I feel for this church, God, for what's going on here right now. And I ask God, a 
especially tonight, that you'd be with my pastor and his family, that you would guide them so that they know where to go, Father. I know there's a place for him, and I know you'll show him that place, Father, and I just thank you that you'll do that. Father, I ask that you'll help this church to heal whatever it takes. God, that we can be, that this church can be the church you'd have it to be. <clears throat> that would continue to love people. That would continue to search for lost souls, Father. Because we're studying in Sunday school, in Acts, the second chapter, the days of Pentecost, God. What a wonderful time it was in the church for that. And we are challenged every day to be that church, God, wherever we are. And I ask tonight, God, you would do that. Just be with this church. Be with our pastor and his family as they go from this place in two weeks. Protect them, guide them, and lead them, Father, to where you'd have them to go. In Jesus' name, amen.